Okay, well, good morning. We're glad everybody joining in here Sunday morning. We're happy to be here and uh, always a blessing, a great blessing uh, to come together to worship the Lord and to uh, exalt Him and, and to uh, encourage one another like, like what we do on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday nights, other times that we meet together. That's the goal is to give praise, adoration, exaltation to God Almighty and then to uh, horizontally to encourage and exhort one another. All right, so let's jump into our lesson. We're going to look at this question. What does God want? What, what does he want from you? What does he want from me? What, what does he want from humanity in general? And that's the question we're going to talk about. What does God want? Now, the first thing we want to do is kind of look at the negative side, what God does not want. Talk about some things that he is not looking for. Sometimes people are a little confused on that, and we want to look at that. All right, first off, God doesn't merely ask for money. He, he's not wanting your money and, and like he's personally in need. It, it's nothing like that. In the book of Acts chapter 17, notice there in number 24 and 25, Paul reasoning here at Mars Hill with the Athenian philosophers. He says, God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwells not in temples made with hands, neither is worship with men's hands as though he needed anything seeing he giveth to all life, breath, and all things. Did you hear what Paul said? He says he's not worshipped with men's hands as though he needed anything. God personally does not need our money. He doesn't need our money. I mean, because he's the one that gives life, breath, and all things. I mean, really, God gives us all that we have. And, and so God doesn't personally need our money. He has everything. I mean, think there in Psalm 24. In Psalm 24 and verse 1, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world, and, and they, that are, that, they that dwell therein. So the world is God, so he doesn't, he doesn't need our money. Now, he commands us to give, and it's for our benefit. It's the way he has ordained things to support his work, and that we as Christians have that opportunity, that privilege to give and to support the work of the Lord. But merely for himself, no, that's not what God wants. He's not asking us merely, hey, give me some money. You know, I'm kind of hard up. No, that's not what he wants from us. Something else that he doesn't want. He, don't, he doesn't want us to throw him just a few crumbs. That, that's, that's not the Lord that we serve. I mean, you, you know, you've got like pets. Maybe you've got a pet dog. Maybe it's outside and Maybe it's on a chain on a, on, or in a cage or something. And, you know, every once in a while we'll go by and pet it. And, you know, a lot of times uh, uh, kids will get puppy dogs and, you know, they're just playing all over them. And then it kind of gets tired and, and boring and other things take their interest. But as long as you go over there and give that puppy dog a few little, you know, crumbs and pat on the head, ah, the puppy dog's happy. But puppy dog's glad. Well, that's not the God that we serve, that we just throw him a few crumbs now and again. And, well, God will be satisfied with that. You know, I've got a busy life, and, and I really can't give him first fruits. I can't give him, you know, priorities. I can't put him first because, you know, I've got all these other things that I want to do, I need to do, I have to do. And so, well, we'll just throw God a few crumbs now and again. No, that's not so. Look there in the book of Malachi chapter 1. In Malachi chapter 1, there in verse 6, it says, a son, a son honors his father and a servant his master. If then I be a father, where is mine honor? And if I be a master, where is my fear, says the Lord of hosts? O priest that despise my name, 
And you say, how have we despised your name? You offered polluted bread upon mine altar. And you say, how have uh, we polluted you? In that, uh, you say, the table of the Lord is contemptible. In other words, instead of giving God the best, giving God unblemished sacrifices, well, we'll just, maybe we got some old sick animals and, you know, we'll throw these crumbs to God. And, you know, God, he's going to be happy with No, it's not, it's not going to work that way. God asks for unblemished sacrifices. He wants, he wants us to give uh, and to worship Him, not by throwing a few crumbs now and again, but to worship Him in sincerity and in truth. Notice there in verse 8, He says, If you offer the blind for a sacrifice, is it not evil? And if you offer the lame and the sick, is it not evil? Offer it now unto your governor. Will he be pleased with you or accept your persons? I mean, try that with... You know, government. I mean, you know, coming up next month, it's going to be tax time, get our taxes filed, we owe money or whatever. You know, we're to finish paying off uh, in our responsibilities and in the tax bills. I mean, how, how's that going to work? I mean, you know, we write uh, the Kentucky Revenue Department or we write the IRS and, well, you know, I, maybe I owe $1,000, but, hey, you know, I, I, I bought a boat and, you know, I've, I've been going on some hunting trips and fishing trips and, and we've been vacationing down in Pigeon Ford and, and I'm just going to send you $100. You know, I'm going to throw some crumbs and, uh, well, we'll see how the IRS likes that or the Kentucky Revenue Service likes that. They're, they're not going to like that. Just throw them a few crumbs. And that's what Malachi said. Try, try that with the IRS. That's not going to work. We have responsibilities we need to fulfill. Not throw a few crumbs now and again. Something else that God doesn't want. And that is just for us of our own think-sos and our own, you know, sort of work up some sort of deal with Him. There in the book of Romans chapter 10, you kind of have that with the, the Jewish nation. Paul says there in verse 1, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. For I bear them record that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. All right, so Paul said, you know, now the Jews, all right, zealous. Well, that's good. Certainly God wants zealous people and and uh, Paul certainly gives some credit for that. But what's the problem? Ignorance. And they just sort of come up with their own plan of righteousness, their own scheme of, uh, well, you know, this, this is what we think that, that God will want. And they just sort of uh, come up with some, uh, some idea of what they're going to throw out there and give to God and cut a deal. Like a lady one time, she had cancer. Instead of seeking the Bible and Bible righteousness and that which is right, she just thought she would just have a talk with the Lord and, and sort of work out a deal with Him in her own thinking, her own mindset. Well, that, that's not exactly how it works. I mean, when we see that, like, we do have cancer and, you know, we're in bad shape and we do realize we're mortal, yeah, we need to be seeking God on His terms. Not try to work up some sort of deal and we'll just throw that out to the Lord and, well, he's going to be happy because, hey, well, we just come up with our own righteousness. It doesn't work that way. God doesn't want that. And there's something else that God does not want, and that is just to be a religious de-doer. You see that in the Scriptures. People just doing all kinds of deeds, religious deeds and activities. Look over there in the book of uh, Matthew chapter 15. 
in Matthew chapter 15. Let me read verse 7 also. You hypocrites, well did Isaiah prophesy of you saying, prophesy of you saying these people draw near unto me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. So here they are, using their lips, using the mouth, and uh, singing in the praise of God, talking about God. But what does it say in verse 9? But in vain do they worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men, doing all kinds of religious deeds in the name of the Lord. And glory to God, it's all for the Lord God Almighty. Never stopping to ask, is, is this what God asked for? Is this according to the will of God, or is this according to my think so? Is this according to my uh, teachings and my ideals, uh, human doctrines? Well, that's the problem that's described here. Look also there in the book of Matthew chapter 7. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say unto me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, and in your name cast out demons, and in your name done many, many wonderful works. We cried unto Jesus. We cried unto the Lord. And we did many wonderful works. We were doing all kinds of religious deeds. <clears throat> well, is that what God wants? Just be busy doing something, some religious deeds? Well, no, not exactly, because look at verse 23. Then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. And the word iniquity means lawlessness. Something that's not according to God's law, God, according to God's will. You see, it's not enough uh, just to call Lord, Lord. It's the doing of God's will. That's what's important, not just being a mere religious deed doer. And we've got folks like that. And Jesus describes people like here that will be in the day of judgment that will be to their surprise. It's like, the Lord never knew these people. Wow, well, because they weren't doing His will. They're just doing a lot of religious deeds. God doesn't want, and that is just merely offer a bunch of sacrifices. I mean, we just pour out the sacrifices, just lay it on thick and heavy. Just, just give all these sacrifices to God. And, and certainly there were sacrifices that were commanded, animal sacrifices that were commanded in the Old Testament. I mean, we have New Testament sacrifices. Are we just to give a bunch of sacrifices? And, well, God's going to be pleased with that, and that'll sort of take care of everything. Let's look there in the book of Micah chapter 6. In Micah chapter 6, there in verse 6, it says, What shall I say? Or what shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before the high God? Shall I come before Him with burnt offerings and calves a year old? Those were the sacrifices of Micah's day. Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams? We offer rams in sacrifice to Jehovah. Or ten thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? Just offer a bunch of sacrifices? I mean, offer all these animal sacrifices? I mean, we could talk about New Testament. Just offer a bunch of uh, spiritual sacrifices like singing. Just do a bunch of songs. Or just give a bunch of money. And that's it. Is that, is that what God's looking for? Just for us to offer some sacrifices and then we just go on about our business? No, that's not what God wants. What does God want? What, what does He want from me? What does He want from you? And that gets us into the second half of our lesson. What does God want? He wants us to be honorably devoted to Him. Notice on while we're there in the book of Micah. Look there in verse 8. 
He has showed you, O man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you. What does the Lord require? What is, what is God wanting? What does He want from me? What does He want from you? What does He want from hum, humanity? All right, He tells us what He requires. But to do justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. That's what God's wanting. He's wanting us to do justly. That's going to involve our intelligence. That we're going to intelligently seek after God's will. We're going to be searching the pages of inspiration, looking for God's will so we can do justly and do what's right. We're going to involve our mind as we seek after God. And as Micah says, that we love mercy. Our emotions are going to be involved. That is, we're going to deal kindly with mercy in our relationship with our fellow man, our brothers and sisters, our family, our neighbors, etc., that our emotions are going to be involved in loving mercy and be a merciful type of people. And then he says to walk humbly with our God. That's going to involve of submitting our will to God's will, that God might be exalted, that the Lord, that He is King of kings and Lord of lords, and that we've come to bow down before you, Lord, in our standing before God. That's what God wants, that we do justly, Involving our intelligence. And that we do love mercy, that involves our emotions. And that we walk humbly, and that involves our will, submitting our will to His will. These are the kinds of things that God's looking for. This is what God wants, that we give ourselves to Him in service to God, in devotion to God, being devoted to Him. And yeah, there'll be sacrifices in service to the Lord. There'll be obedience to His will. There'll be learning of, of His will. There'll be the study of the Scriptures and all these other things. But, but the core concept is that we're walking devoted to the Lord in service to Him. It's what God's wanting. Not just some mere external things of just throwing out a little money here and there and uh, throw Him a few crumbs now and again. Or to just sort of work up some sort of deal in our mind to say, hey, yeah, we'll cut a deal with God and this is, this is the way we're going to do it. Or just be some religious deed doer. Or even offer sacrifices that are commanded. But not give ourselves. No, God wants us to be honorably devoted to Him. Let's look at another passage over in the book of Ecclesiastes. In the book of Ecclesiastes, and notice there, as Solomon's kind of bringing the end of the chapter here, end of the book. You remember what Solomon was in the book of Ecclesiastes? Well, what's life all about? I mean, what is it that man needs to be doing? Well, what's the purpose of man? And Solomon experienced all these things. Well, it wasn't things. It wasn't music. It wasn't jobs. It wasn't houses. It, it wasn't the search of, of, of earthly wisdom. He saw all those things to uh, a tremendous degree, but it was vanity, vanity, all is vanity. I mean, that was the uh, re resounding course through the, uh, the book of Ecclesiastes. No, he, he brings the conclusion of the book of Ecclesiastes in verse 13 and verse 14. He says, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God. We are to stand in awe and reverence of God. Fear God and keep His commandments. And again, that, that's going to involve that we're going to be seeking His will so we can know what His commandments are. 
We're not going to be cutting some sort of deal. We're not going to throw him a few crumbs. We're going to be standing in awe and reverence of him, seeking and doing his commandments, for this is the whole, the whole duty or the whole of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment, including every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. We're going to stand before God Almighty. And what do we need to do is that we need to be sure that we've been respecting Him and reverencing Him day in and day out as we seek to serve the Lord and not try to pull the wool over God's eyes and try to do something fast and, uh, and slick to uh, think that we're going to get away with it. It's, that's, that doesn't happen. No, we need to be absolutely devoted to the Lord in fearing Him, respecting Him, and doing His commandments. Uh, that's, what, that's what God wants, that we're giving ourselves, giving our all to Him and seeking to be devoted and honor and service to Him. Let's look at another passage on this point. In the book of Acts chapter uh, 10 there, Peter has come to the house of Cornelius, and Cornelius and his friends have gathered there. And, of course, in divine providence, God had worked all this out. Cornelius and his family and friends are going to be the first Gentile converts. And uh, anyway, quite interesting story how it all worked together as God was bringing all these things together. But beginning in verse, 20, uh, verse 34, uh, Peter begins to preach uh, to Cornelius and his family and friends. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. Literally, the idea of accepting face. You know, I like that guy. Oh, why are you like Well, I just, I just like the way he looks. Uh, well, that's not the way God works. He, he doesn't, well, I'm going to accept that guy because I like the way he looks. And then he looks at this fellow over here, yeah, I just don't like the way he looks. And I'm just going to reject him. No, no, God judges upon character of who we are, not what we look, our, our face, and what we appear to be. God's not a respecter of persons. But in every nation, he that fears him. That, that's what the wise man said in Ecclesiastes Chapter uh, 12 there. Fear Him. Reverence God. To respect God. To stand in awe of God. He that fears Him and works righteousness is accepted with Him. Now we work the righteousness that's found in the gospel. We started recently there in Romans chapter 3. And uh, anyway, the righteousness of God is revealed in the gospel. Not that God's personal righteousness... We knew that, and the Jews knew that in the Old Testament. God personally was righteous. But God's plan to make men right, found in the gospel, that we work righteousness accepted with Him. That's what God wants, people that will fear Him, stand in awe of Him, and to do justly and to love mercy and walk humbly, that we are giving ourselves wholeheartedly in devotion to the Lord. That's what God's looking for. That's what God's seeking. That's what God wants from us. Not just merely throw out a few crumbs now and again. Not to just throw out a few dollars and, and think that, well, that's going to make God happy because, boy, we threw a few dollars in the collection plate. Uh, that, that, when we get thinking that that's what service to God is, and we just merely do a few of those things and we're, we're okay and we keep our heart to ourselves, we, we've missed it. Those that are devoted to God, sure, are going to be giving of their means into the work of the Lord. And sure, we're going to be offering spiritual sacrifices because that is an expression of giving ourselves in reverence and standing in awe and working His righteousness. 
Let's look at another text of what does God want in answering this question. Notice there in the book of Matthew, chapter 22, that Jesus is in these discussions with the uh, uh, Pharisees and the Sadducees and various questions. But notice there, beginning in verse 34, it says, But when the Pharisees had heard that he put the Sadducees to silence, they were gathered together. Then one of them, who was a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him, saying, Teacher, what is the great commandment in the law? Okay, fair question, good question. Jesus said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like unto it, You shall love your neighbor as yourself. What does God want? He wants us to love Him with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind. With every fiber of our being that we stand in awe of Him and that we love Him, we admire Him. I mean, John says we love Him because He first loved us. It's not because, you know, we sort of come up and say, hey, boy, I, uh, we're, we're God, oh, he just, he just fell in love with us because we're wonderful people. No. God loved us first. He demonstrated love. Jesus came and died on the cross. And when we hear the story of love, it, it, it makes you want to give love in return. And to love God with all our heart, soul, and mind, and strength, as you look at the other accounts. It's kind of like if you're doing a core sample. You know, sometimes they do core samples of maybe like soil. Maybe there's been a leak or something, and so they'll, they'll push this rod down and take this core sample and, and see what might be in there. And, and or maybe they'll go to the, these, these great glaciers and, and they'll, they'll just run this tube and, and they'll take a core sample and, and to examine it. If, if you were to take a core sample of a human being and just drilled right down into the very uh, person and soul of a, uh, of a, of a person, well, what, 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 what do you need to find? People that love God with all their soul, with all their heart, with all their mind, with all their strength. Just every fiber of our being that you would see the love of God, love of God, love of God. Not just something superficial. Not just something that we just merely throw out a few crumbs, that we do a, a few little religious deeds and think, well, God's going to sure be pleased with that. that. It's not so. He wants us to love Him with all our heart to respect Him, to work righteousness, to love uh, uh, mercy, to do justly, to walk humbly. I mean, it's going to involve our whole being. And then the, the, the particulars, like giving on the first day of the week that He commands, partaking of the Lord's Supper on the first day of the week, which, you know, we're going to do today, and, you know, giving a praise to God in songs, etc. Yeah. All that's going to be involved in that, but this is what God wants. He wants us, our being, our heart, our soul, our mind, our intelligence, our will. That we love God, we respect God, we follow after God. And let's look at one more text in answer to this question. What does God want? That great text over in the book of Joshua chapter 24. Notice over there in the book of Joshua chapter 24, beginning there in number 14. Joshua says, an old man, he says to the people, Now therefore fear the Lord. Stand in awe, stand in reverence of the Almighty. Now therefore fear the Lord, fear Jehovah, and serve Him in sincerity and in truth. 
Not serve Him with a few crumbs now and again. And when it's convenient, you know, you show up to throw Him a little worship out there. And, and other times, well, I, I didn't feel like it, and so I just stayed home and slept in. No, that's, if that's our mindset of what Christianity is, we're all wet. We're just all wrong. And we're just deceiving ourselves. We're wasting our time. And certainly God's not going to accept that kind, of, that kind of service to Him. No, that we serve God in sincerity and in truth. And put away the gods which your fathers have served on the other side of the river in Egypt. And serve you the Lord. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Joshua said, no, I want to serve the Lord. And he wasn't just pointing the way and saying, now look, now you kids, this is, this is what you need to do in service to God, and just sort of point, say, well, that's what you need to be doing. No, yeah, God, that's not the way Joshua worked. He was leading the way for himself and for his family. We will serve the Lord. We're going to serve Him in sincerity and truth. We're going to stand in awe and reverence of Him. We're going to do justly, and we're going to love mercy, and we're going to walk humbly, and we're going to work righteousness, and we're going to love Him with every fiber of our being. That, that is what God wants, that we give ourselves, that we give the totality, that we give ourselves to the Lord. And when you give yourself to the Lord, then it's easy to give money to the collection. It's easy to give worship in the assemblies. It's easy to give our time in service to the Lord. Why? Because we've given everything. Because we give ourselves. We give our all in service to the Lord. And that's what God wants. Not these few crumbs, not these few uh, religious de-doing and, and you know, stuff like that. No, if, if that's what we think God wants, well, we're mistaken about that. That we give ourselves and our love and our devotion to Him. Well, that brings us to the invitation and the plan of salvation. There is a plan of salvation of what we need to do to be saved and how to be saved and of giving ourselves to the Lord. We hear this glorious gospel, the good news. Many of the Corinthians hear and believe and we're baptized. It all begins with hearing. We hear this, new, this good news that God is the Creator. He, he, he's our maker. He owns everything. And He's given us everything. And He's given us His Son, Jesus, to die on the cross for our sins so He can be just to forgive us and maintain justice in the moral universe. We're to believe in Jesus with all our heart. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 5, verse 1. And then we are to repent. That's going to be the tough one. That we are going to turn from our old stubborn ways and self-service. We're, we're going to crucify self. We're going to, we're going to crucify self and our will in turning wholeheartedly to God. And yeah, we'll make that good confession before men. Uh, and just unashamedly, yeah, I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And then we've got a pool of water back here and you can be immersed which is something God's asked us to do for the remission of sins. Acts 2 and verse 38. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And that's what God wants, that we give ourself, ourself, our, our whole being in believing in Him, trusting in Him, reverencing Him, and then do these simple conditions that He asks us to do in the plan of salvation. 
Come up out of that watery grave. Be devoted to the Lord. Just serve Him day in and day out. All the days of your life. Just keep serving God. Be thou faithful unto death. Faithful. Literally full of faith. Just be full of faith. We've we got to be full of faith when we obey the gospel. Because it's something that we do wholeheartedly. And then just keep our heart filled with faith and service to the Lord. Doesn't mean we're going to be perfect. But means that we're just going to keep striving to serve the Lord. And if we do err, sometimes as Christians, we, we kind of go astray and we get off the, uh, the right path. Well, come back, brother or sister. Repentance and prayer, just come back and make things right. And you can make your heart right with God. What does God want? He wants you. And He wants your heart and your soul and your mind in wholehearted devotion to Him and sincerity and truth and loving Him and just do the things that He asks. It's a simple plan. Very simple plan. Very profound because it's going it's to it's permeate to the very depths of your being. And if some way, somehow, you need to obey the gospel and we can help, you come and let us know as together as we stand and sing the song of encouragement.